Hello, and welcome to Joyful Heart, a podcast for Christian women who are trying to balance a relationship with God, as well as school, work, and other things life likes to throw our way. In these episodes, religious topics such as growing closer to God, maturing in our faith, as well as general ones like college difficulties and navigating new experiences in life will be covered. And with that, let's get into this week's episode. Hey guys, so welcome back. And unlike last week, I actually have prepared a topic and what I want to say. So this week, I will be sharing a bit about the gospel and what it is. Now I'm going to start off with what exactly the gospel is for those who may need a refresher or those who are unfamiliar with it so that we can all be on the same page. Because I feel like If you are raised in a church or you're familiar with it, you've probably heard the gospel, like the word the gospel so many times. And maybe you've wondered, like, what is it? Like, what does it actually mean? Like, what's the point of it? Why is it so important? Why do all Christians always talk about that? So I wanted to get into that this episode. So the gospel is the good news of what Jesus did for all of mankind on the cross. Essentially, Jesus came down from heaven, performed many great miracles, he spread the truth, and he brought hope to a world that was filled with such darkness. As prophesied, he was crucified on the cross, and he died for the sins of people alive and those who weren't even born. So it wasn't just the people of the time. It wasn't just for the Jews. It was for everyone who lived and who was to live. And, you know, he died 2,000 years ago. So think of every single person that has been on earth. He's died for them. So that's a lot of people. It's not just for one group. It's not just for one race or one people. It's for all. And then three days after he died, he resurrected from the grave just as he said he would and just as it was prophesied. He came back, which is why... You know, we celebrate Easter because he rose after three days of being dead. He defeated death and he came back to life. Now, you might be wondering, okay, so where is the good news at? Where is the good news part at? Because Jesus died and then, yeah, he came back to life. But what's so good about that? Christ took our place on the cross and took the sins, burdens, and worries of the world and wiped it all away. So if that still isn't making sense to you or you're like, okay, I'm not connecting the two. Imagine you are on trial for a crime and it can be literally any crime. Your sins, all the sins you have ever committed, everything that you have done wrong that God says is wrong, every lie, you know, and it's not just the big things. It's not just like murder and stealing. It's lying. It's being hateful, you know, it's thinking things you're not supposed to, saying things you're not supposed to, not acting out as Christ called us to act. All of your sins are the evidence against you, and your punishment is not only death, but an eternity in hell apart from God. And the enemy is the prosecutor, and he has all the evidence on why you deserve to spend all eternity in hell. His main job, his main purpose is to still kill and destroy. He is trying to 
show the judge, like, look at this person. They've done this, this, and this, and this. You know, that's the thing about the enemy that so many people have confused. Like, the devil is not our friend. He is not here to show you the good life. He's lying. He's deceiving you. There's a lot of people I know who post about how, oh, hell is going to be one big party. It's going to be lit. All my friends are going to be there. It could not be anything further from the truth. It could not be anything further from the truth. The enemy is not here to be your friend. He's not here to help you. He is trying to ruin your life. I mean, at the end of the day, it is our choice, but he's here to deceive you. He's here to throw you off track. He has all this evidence and it's like, look, look at all this person has done. They don't deserve anything good. And I don't know about you, but just the thought of that is such a terrifying situation to have all of this evidence stacked up against you. And you can say all you want, but people can see the truth. They can see the evidence. However, the good and great news is that Christ is our advocator. Christ's death on the cross wiped and destroyed all the evidence against you for free. Like, let that sink in. He did that all for you. Even though he knew you would sin, even though he knew many would reject him, even though he knew you would still not be a perfect person, which you are not required to be a perfect person, he died on the cross for you, wiped away all your sins for free. He gave up his life for each and every one of us. That's the good news that, you know, if we accept Jesus and we believe in him and we follow him, he has promised to wipe away all of the evidence. It's gone. It's gone. Like, it's, it's just so hard to comprehend because it just doesn't seem right that someone would sacrifice their life for everyone, for the greater good of everyone, for free. But Jesus did that because he loves us so, so much. We can never do enough good to earn our way into heaven. And with Jesus' death, we never will have to. We never will have to be, you know, a good person at all times because we can never do enough good things to pay back Jesus for what he did for us. We never can. We never would be able to. So now I wanted to get into some verses that kind of explain more about what the gospel is. And essentially the gospel in the Bible, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but the idea of the gospel is seen everywhere in the Bible. So the first verse, which I'm sure everyone knows, but it really wraps it up into one piece, is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then Ephesians 2.8-9. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Romans 10, 9-13, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For as there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. 
For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And the last one for the section is from 1 Peter 3, 18 through 22. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, and but made alive in the spirit, in which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison, who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark in which a few, that is, eight persons were brought safely through the water. Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you, not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers have been subjected to him. Through the gospel, the part that is often hard for us to talk about is that we have to acknowledge and understand the weight of our sin. Being saved doesn't mean you won't ever sin again. We as humans are weak and we are so easily tempted. However, with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we don't have to fight these battles alone. We all sin and all sin is seen equal before God. So just because someone is saved and a believer, that doesn't mean they sin less than an unbeliever. They both equally sin. It's something that we can only get through with Jesus. His death on the cross happened because of our sins. We all have to acknowledge that in a way our sins put Jesus up on the cross, but he went up on that cross, died and resurrected to come back and help us wipe away our sins. God knew that we could never earn our way into heaven because of our over amounting amount of sin. Even though our sins put Jesus up on the cross, his death wiped it away and gave us a clean slate. Because that's the thing with Jesus. He doesn't just wipe away our sins, but he, you know, promises to restore us and to make us new. So the person you were before Jesus shouldn't be the person you are after Jesus. And you're still going to stumble. I'm going to be real with you. But Jesus is there backing you up and strengthening you. So you have him. You can trust him. You can lean on him because he's been through the same things you've been through and even worse things. So we can always, always trust in him. Two verses. The first one comes from Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay, and then the next one comes from Isaiah 7 verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call him Emmanuel. The gospel another thing that needs to be understood is that Jesus was perfect he was sinless and blameless and yet he died for the sins of the world he was the sacrificial lamb for all of us he shed his blood so that we could have life and I feel like this needs to be said and understood to realize like what Jesus did for us to help us like understand it a bit. Because I know I keep saying like, oh, you know, he died for our sins. He died for our sins. But when you step back and really look at it, like Jesus was in heaven, paradise, the perfect place 
You know, he looked down on the world and saw sin, destruction, hate, hurtfulness, war, famines, just disasters. He came down to earth, lived a great life. He's never sinned. He never did anything wrong. And yet he took the fall for everyone in the world. When he died, you know, some of his last words were, Father, forgive them for they do not know. On his death, when he's being mocked, he is being crucified on the cross. People are spitting on him, laughing at him, tearing his clothes, selling his clothes as he's dying. And he wants the father to forgive him. Imagine sending someone you love to be hated, blamed, tortured, persecuted, and allowing them to die for everyone, not just their friends, not just their family, not just their people, but for even the people who hated him. Like, that is so hard to imagine because of the ways our human minds are structured to always put ourselves first. But when Jesus came down to earth, he put all of our needs, all of our worries, all of our own lives above his own. I don't know any person who would take the fall for someone else, let alone billions of people. And I think that really needs to be understood to really grasp the whole concept of the gospel. Jesus gave up his life for us and it was out of love. And he doesn't ask for the world in return. He just asks you to follow him, trust him and surrender to him. And just like you choose who you befriend, you choose what you want to watch and what you want to say, you also have the choice to follow Christ. God will never stop pursuing you, but you also have to take a step forward and draw near to him. And I know a lot of people express great frustration with Christians because they feel that it's being forced upon them and all they ever do is talk about the gospel. And I will admit, you can't be in any kind of relationship and it be healthy if it's all forced or all out of fear. God is a good father and he knows your heart. So you won't really get anywhere, in my opinion, if it's faked or forced. It won't feel right if it's forced because our relationship with God, it's not supposed to be exactly the same as earthly relationships, but it's the same concept of, you know, you talk to one another, you do things for one another, you love one another, you have respect for him because he is our father. But how good of a relationship can it be if it's forced? So you have to make that choice for yourself. And that's the thing with God. Since he knows all, we don't need to present ourselves in a certain way because he knows the truth. And I wanted to quickly address why it may seem like Christians are forcing it on others. First, if anyone is forcing it or using fear tactics, that's just not the right way to do it. But the thing is, for us believers, there is an emotional layer because we have been transformed or are being transformed by Jesus. We see the good he is doing in our lives. Okay, so turning into scripture, we are in Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And then we head back to Romans verse 1, 16 which states, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, 
for it is the power of God and for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. Imagine if you knew this amazing news that could lead to happiness, change mindset, a changed life, and a better way to live your life. Imagine how hard it would be to keep it all to yourself, especially all those people around you that you care and love for so deeply. Like, I, most people can't even keep a new diet to themselves before they're already telling so many other good people. So that's why it may seem overwhelming with the Christians do it, but it's because we see the good works, we see how good our Father is, and we just want everyone else to know the truth. And I know it can seem overwhelming, but I think it's good to kind of see it from our perspective, but again, it can't be forced. It has to be the choice that you make for yourself. The thing about a relationship with Jesus is that we must fully surrender to him. It transforms statements from being, oh, this is my will, my wants, my ideas, to this is thy will. We have to hand that power over to Jesus. We realize that we have a God-sized hole in our hearts and understand that only God's love can fill that hole. And you know that phrase that like, oh, Jesus, take the will? Well, it's true. We can't live the same life as before we knew Christ. Can't choose Jesus, accept Jesus, and then still be in the driver side being like, okay, Jesus, I got it. You can just stick in the passenger side. We can't. We have to switch sides. We have to give him that full control because he knows what is best. But we don't need to fear because we know he will help us with our sins and our temptations. We are called to surrender all control to Jesus and let him guide us through life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We are able to access the Father because Jesus took our place and died for our sins. Jesus is the only way to the Father and heaven. Without him, we are utterly helpless and only destined for death. You know, we need him. He is the good shepherd. We have to give him that control. And you don't do it and just give up. Like you are just submitting to him out of respect and saying, you know, Father, you know what is best. So I'm going to trust you because it's about trusting him. You know, you can't have a good relationship without trust and communication. If you don't communicate with the Father, how can you, you know, know your purpose in life? If you don't trust the Father, how can you have a good relationship? We really, truly need to just hand over it all to Jesus and allow him to take control. The good news is that he lived and died for us even before we knew him, even before we were born. He is the Prince of Peace and promises to stay by our side and guide us through all the ups and downs of life. With God, you are never alone or abandoned. We have the ability to ask for forgiveness, repent, and begin a relationship with Jesus. And I really encourage you guys to read the gospel, especially, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Bible. I encourage you, if you aren't a believer, to kind of think and reflect on like, What's holding me back from pursuing a relationship with God? Especially if you are curious about it or you're interested, like what's holding you back? What what would you lose by pursuing a relationship with Jesus? You know, if you believe in God and Jesus and you're not a believer, 
what are some things that you struggle with that you don't want to anymore? And kind of picture a life where you aren't struggling with that because Jesus can take care of it all. There is nothing Jesus can't handle. Please don't ever think your sins are too bad or too big for God to handle. It's not true. God can handle it all. He knows what's happening. He knows where this all started and he can help you remove that root of sin in your life. So please don't think anything is too big or too bad for God. Come to him with a full conscious, clear heart and just pour it out all on him. He can, he can handle it. He can handle it all. You know, I also encourage you to further research about the gospel. If you have any more questions, because I honestly, I don't know everything. I will fully admit that, but the internet is a great place to start. Also a Bible, you know, they have Bible apps, they have Bibles online. You can look up verses, you know, I really encourage you to research and I hope this was helpful. And I hope it was a good start to the introduction of the gospel. And if you're curious, I really encourage you to dive further into that curiosity. But yeah, I hope this was helpful. I hope you all have a blessed and amazing week. Well, that concludes this week's episode of Joyful Heart. Feel free to reach out with prayer requests, praise reports, requests for topics or general questions on either Instagram or the Facebook group. These can be sent to Joyful Heart. That's J-O-Y-F-U-L-L-H-E-A-R-T-T on Instagram, as well as for the private Facebook group. I hope you all have a blessed day and I'll catch you next week. Bye guys.